And I'm gonna have to uh, fake the light on this because the light's dead on it. So How is that? How are you gonna fake it? Oh, you can do like that. Photoshop it. In Premiere, you can add exposure to it and just add. Oh, perfect. It. Make it just illuminate it a little. Bit. Yeah, that's a funny, I, that's I do, a funny edit. I do I do that actually. <laughs> so top secret. I do that every time actually, yeah. just to make it like more orange so that's that it funny. stands out. Right. But yeah, RJ learned that these two <laughs> colors are the best in for filming. Like. Oh yeah. Make... Although I don't know if this doesn't do a whole lot, but it's still fun. So he likes to put orange and blue. Orange yeah. and blue, eh? Those are the supposedly cinematic colors, that teal and yeah. orange. Okay. They like is, uh, make you look what most like natural light, is that the idea? No, like like that's, that's what a lot theory. of movies that's like what a lot of movies use, so it's the cinematic look. Right. So I I don't know. I, the orange is like the proper skin tone though. Like everybody sort of falls like no matter what ethnicity we all there's this like line orange in, in color orange. science oh, and, and orange is kind of like the right thing because otherwise it's too like yellow or too red right. which sort of is off from, mm-hmm. from like this perfect uh, skin tone balance um, color science yeah so, so that's where like adding in some orange to the, the midtones of of a of an image the the color kind of makes it look yeah it does make it look more natural or like normal but it also people are so ingrained with it in in like movies and in cinema that it's become kind of the get used to it the thing that like you expect to see if you're watching something right should keep this in just a little fun fact for the people before (laughs) yeah i probably will now because it is interesting (laughs) that's like that's why i kept rambling on about it i like it well (laughs) might as well that has nothing to do with what we're doing today (laughs) fun fact yeah hey everyone welcome to or welcome back to the flowcast This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. My name's RJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Telsey, and together we explore topics surrounding flow, as well as lead by inspiration through our own passions and those of the guests that we interview. So let's dive right in. Um, Yeah, so today we have Jordan Porter on set. Have we started? I thought it was going to be a whistle or something. That was a bad whistle. Like a... (laughs) Sorry if that hurt your ears, guys. We're pretty organic here, so, you know, it's about flow. Gotcha. You flow into it. Well, good. Uh, I've been here for five minutes. I've already got a couple uh, secrets on your tradecraft here yeah. um, with the lights and the and the salt lamp, and we're good to go. I exactly. Right. Right. If you want to just see yourself out, you can Perfect. Thanks those. for having me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, Jordan, why don't you tell us uh, who you are and what you do? Um, well, I, I'm not sure exactly what you guys are wanting, wanting to cover here, but uh, my name is Jordan Porter. Um, I'm co-owner of New Foss Media in town here. Uh, we're a media, we like to consider ourselves a, a media brokerage. Um, exactly what we do is, um, specifically we do we do websites uh, branding for your, for your company. Usually we deal with uh, small, new, or mid-sized uh, companies that are looking to either just start from scratch uh, a, a new business or they're looking to rebrand or kind of spice up their their existing business. And uh, the way we do that is, like I said, generally through uh, the development of, of, of a new website or like revamping their current website uh, in order to kind of 
make sure that they are fitting uh, the voice and tone and brand that they're they're kind of hoping to fit um, uh, with, with that like lines up best with their personalities as well as their business. Um, and then we also do writing services. So that's mainly my department there. I've, I've been working as a writer for uh, uh, maybe like five years, five or six years now. Um, when I was in university, since year one, day one, I worked at Arthur newspaper. And so I volunteered there um, for uh, my first semester. And then I was asked to um, apply nudge nudge um, for the for a staff writer job. And and I got it. And so since my second semester, right up until my fourth, fourth year last semester, I worked as as a writer and then senior writer at Arthur newspaper. And that was a that was a blast. I probably learned just as much, if not more, from the newspaper uh, as I did from my actual uh, course load. <laughs> but uh, it was a very, very enjoyable experience um, in my university uh, experience there. And so uh, it kind of just took off from there. I didn't really consider myself even good at writing maybe before that. Uh, I always enjoyed it. Um, I have a few like very old stories written in pencil and and eight-year-old writing uh <laughs> some stuff like stuck in my drawer that I've kind of come across throughout moves and things like that moving from my parents house which is always fun to come across um the oldest one that I, that I have is called um monsters if not human I <laughs> it's about uh Neil Bog and uh Alucard which later I found out is just zombie and dracula set spelled backwards oh. and it actually took me a second to, to realize that when i was rereading it but it's uh it's a short story about two i don't know if they're brothers or they're friends or what but they're like half monsters and you can imagine which monsters is their other half um based on their names and they're hunting uh this professor that has made cyborgs that are uh, they look exactly like them. They're doppelganger cy- cyborgs, so they have to go. And they're creating, they're doing like evil things in town. <laughs> so then Alucard and, and uh, um, Nilbog are getting blamed for them. So they have to find them. They rip out the insides of the of the doppelgangers. And then they find the professor and they get him. And then all of a sudden they realize that the professor is also a cyborg. Oh, and that's yeah. where it stops. And it's like, who made the professor? Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I never, I never can finish that story. Maybe I should finish that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like your retirement fiction or yeah. something. Um, so anyways, I've been working as a writer for, for a little while. <laughs> and that's, that's really a side story there. But Appreciate it's a fun it. one. Cool. And then since then, I've I've kind of uh, focused my my attention uh, less on on fiction and more on uh, things that that hover around the business. So I do a lot of email marketing campaigns, which which is fun. You know, you really get to go in and like create a storyboard for for each each business, and um, you can kind of the best part about writing, especially that this is something that I've learned from the um, from work at the newspaper, you become an expert on anything that you're writing about, which is a lot of fun because a lot of the times it's something that you would have never thought of before. You go to events, you cover things that you have never you would have never gone to, and you discover things about yourself that you find interesting that you, like I said, you you wouldn't have found out otherwise. So, um, writing is really just a vessel to learning new things for me, and and I really enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Sounds like uh, it's been a long journey for you then with with writing and and kind of the evolution of that. And so I think that, well, it sounds to me like that's something that's like deeply enmeshed in what you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, with this being the flow cast, we always kind of 
like to dive into the question of like what is your flow mm-hmm. and is that something you identify with with writing do you get into like a deep state of you know the flow state essentially mm-hmm. of, of just losing track of time and all that or what's it kind of look like to you when you're writing and really into like whatever you're working on yeah absolutely um what i'm writing i really do get into what what your um what your understanding of the flow state is for sure um and and that I mean, for, like for anyone, I when whenever I, I, all of us have experienced the flow state in one in one way or the other. Like it doesn't matter what it is, you know, if you're playing chess or you're even driving. Some people can get into that or whatever, but it's extremely enjoyable to be in it and then look at the clock and be like, "Holy crap! An hour and a half has gone by, and it feels like it's been 15 minutes." You know, mm. it's it's almost uh, invigorating, you know. Um, but I do I do experience that when I'm when I'm writing. Um, in, and even in the research part, so I'm not doing any writing. There is like an extensive research section to, uh, to the process of, of anything you're writing, and uh, I find myself getting really deep in that. So when I'm when I'm actually writing, it's more uh, in spurts, I, I suppose, um, where I can like pump out you know a few sentences, maybe a few paragraphs if, if it's going well, and then I'll like I'll sit back. And I'll kind of re- reflect on what I've what I've written, and kind of also plan out more of what where I'm going to go with it as well, and kind of tie back to the beginning and and, and wrap it all up at the end, basically. Um, but the research aspect of it is is probably where I get most deeply into the flow state, um, because you are kind of just flying by the seat of your pants, and you're kind of just taking you wherever. The clicks go and wherever it makes sense so i have this notebook that i have with me religiously all the time and i've gone through and this and this pen <laughs> tell, tells you always make fun of me I've, I've had this pen for like eight months oh, yeah. <laughs> like and i always have it in my back pocket everyone makes fun of me can i have your autograph and uh <laughs> and uh but i <laughs> it's actually compulsion at this point. Um, whenever, <laughs> if I like don't have it in my pocket, I'll like I'll just reach there and be like, "Oh my god, where is that pen?" And uh, I just I just like to have it on me. You never know when the when inspiration is yeah. going to spread. It's part of your everyday carry. Absolutely. <laughs> like some people carry a knife, I carry this pen, and that's my weapon, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess the research aspect of it is where I, I get most deeply into the flow state for mm-hmm. sure. But. Um, yeah, maybe it might just because I don't really know where I'm going most of the time when okay. I first start, and that's kind of the fun part. And you can kind of find your find your path there, and then once you get into it, that's when the time really starts to fly by without you noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like you're uh, you you incorporate like creativity in part of your flow as well, because I think a lot of people would get into that state where they're just like I don't know where I'm going and then that induces panic but mm-hmm. you're like yeah see what we got. right yeah which is cool that's good yeah um yeah so I, I wanted to kind of bring this up and maybe this is a good time um you've talked about a, a story that has really impacted your view of the flow state and like how you navigate your mental processes during the flow state um just having fun on a longboard do you want to mm-hmm. share that story and kind of relate it this way yeah, um, that's probably the most intense flow that I've that I've ever in- encountered. Um, so I, I am a bit of an adrenaline person, uh, and I, I enjoy like extreme sports and things like that. So I I, I love snowboarding, um, 
golf is a great no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah like s- snowboarding um, skateboarding th- things like that where there's like an element of risk uh, I work at the Peterborough Axe Club part time so I don't know if that's uh, but the battle clubs in Toronto like to hashtag that extreme sorta, uh, so, <laughs> so that's kind of fun. But um, one of the things that I've, a few friends and friends and I got into uh, fairly heavily a few years ago was um, downhill longboarding. So we got really into like how fast can we go? You know, it's and we we were actively like on the weekends for for a full summer like. Uh, seeking out spots um, that we could find the smoothest, longest, steepest, biggest hill uh, that we could, and we found we found quite a few, and and we really did like we were we were responsible about it. I mean, the, the first hills we did were were very small, and then we kind of just like amped up, amped up, and then uh, we found ourselves one time uh, at this. We were on Airport Road in Orangeville, so you can imagine that's fairly far away. And we just kind of got a hot tip. I was on a forum for downhill longboarders, and they were saying that this stretch of road had had a few pretty good long hills. So we took the day and uh, packed a couple lunches and went out, and um, we found the biggest one we could. And we hit it like a hundred times that day. It was it was awesome. So one person would park at the top, one person would park at the bottom. We'd like do shifts, like kind of chair lifting ourselves up, drive to the bottom. The person would drive <laughs> us back up. And we were ready to go again. Then we'd wait for a good um, break in the cars, like in the traffic, so that we could get a good pump and then and then rip down. We were probably hitting speeds about seventy to eighty kilometers an hour generally. <laughs> And really, it's just a piece of wood, you know. <laughs> like, um, and I mean, we were wearing helmets, but that's about it. Like, we had sweaters on, and you'd kind of just like if you fell, which we didn't, thankfully. Uh, well, later that day, I did fall and I broke my arm, but not this. <laughs> no, not, not this day. But I remember one one t- one run in particular. Um, a few aspects about it were, were interesting. So we were wearing a GoPro, and I, it was my turn to wear it, and. Where we were going to the right of us, there was just vast countryside. You could see far as you could see, you know. Um, so we wanted to get a good shot where halfway down the hill, when you're like peak speed, just turn your head to the right as much as you possibly can and just hold it so that you get a good view, come back, and it would be a good clip for the video, right? Um, and I was like, okay, I, I can do that. And I was comfortable with the hill at this point, done it a few times. And halfway down, I turned my head right. One, two, three. Okay, that's probably good. Turn back, finish the run, go up. And then we were reviewing the video. And we're like, let's check it out. Let's see how it looks. Watch, we, we're re-watching it. And the part where I thought I had my head turned for 10 seconds, maybe, was like a half a second, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we watched the video through. I was like, no, no, that's that's not it. That's It's got to be later. Yeah. And the video ends. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, let's do it again. So did it again and I held it there for like as long as I could while going 80 kilometers an hour uh, on a piece of wood ripping down a hill and it did turn out but there was one specific part where I got a little speed wobble um, going halfway down and normally with things like that you'd be like oh shoot that was that was pretty close right but but this time since the stakes were like you could say life and death I suppose like you're going fairly fast um (laughs) I like felt this like real rush, real rush of like almost like intense calm where like I had a speed wobble and it was just like, like 
very intensely calm and then like compose myself, control it and then finish the run. But that always stuck with me because it was like involuntary mm. um, how how like calm I, I got in that moment. And it was out of necessity, but I would like to get there again. And I guess that's kind of the white dragon you, you, you chase. You chase when you do things like that. It was a real like visceral a human experience almost right yeah. that your brain is taking over and be like i got this one you are irresponsible <laughs> like so that that was a really really cool experience and i can't say that i've really experienced that since but i don't know if i've done anything to like as quite as intense since then probably but yeah yeah wow yeah that's a great story right yeah. well, so i guess my follow-up question with that for you is uh how how does that impact how you look at your flow state or your, your business or your writing or anything like that? Um, I don't I don't know if it's the same situ- scenario exactly, but there are certain times where it's where my brain seems to take over a little bit, like more than my conscious conscious state. I, I suppose like especially when I'm when I'm doing presentations or something like that. I I love presenting in front of people like it's one of my favorite parts about working at the axe club you have like a group of anywhere between six and 70 people that you're that you're all of a sudden like you got to be on for and 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 explain the rules and make sure there's an element of safety there as well um but i find that in those kinds of times uh my brain kind of shuts down and goes on autopilot and just kind of does what i need it to do right which is nice um i also had a a uh, radio show on, on Trent Radio when I was in when I was going to school there as well. Uh, it was called Electric Entrepreneurs. Uh, I, I created it and since since then someone has, has taken it over. I don't know what they've done with it. I, hopefully it's good. But basically I just have a, an, a guest on each week uh, unless they didn't show up, which was often. Uh, <laughs> and I would just kind of talk to them, talk to them about their new business and kind of get to know them and, and get them to share and you know it helps me and helps them kind of plug them a little bit. But um, near the end of it, uh, I didn't even have any questions written down for them. Some some people were like, do you have a list of questions? I was like, no, we're just going to do it. Welcome to the show. Here we go. <laughs> like, and so that was that was a lot of fun, and it was, like, challenging. And sometimes my guests were a little bit on edge because they were like, oh, what's going to happen here? I don't want there to be dead space. And there never was. It was, it was easy enough to do. But um, people love talking about themselves, so it's, <laughs> it's fairly simple <laughs> to, like, get them going. <laughs> Um, but even in things like that, sometimes you would be like, okay, I don't have a next question. I need to like figure something out quick. And your brain, my brain starts like ripping on its own and it'll figure something out. Um, or the person, or you have a bad guest and they're like, so, uh, tell me about your business. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and you're like, all right, <laughs> on to the next question. <laughs> um, so sometimes that was a bit challenging, but. I guess I guess the flow state for me uh, is is just kind of like testing my brain in that way. Um, whereas with the longboarding example, uh, it kind of takes over and kind of gets the job done in, in that way. In that case, it's getting the job done by allowing me not to fall and finish the run. And then in another way with, with writing, you kind of go into a hole of research or in, with the show, you kind of just have to make something up and and make it make sense as well so there's an, there's an element of, of adrenaline in that as well because 
there there is a real possibility that you could look real stupid you know um with the show there's if there's dead dead time and you're kind of like um you know you're stuttering or something like that it's it's it, it could be rough um and then obviously with with an article even though the Arthur newspaper is not widely read, there's still a few thousand readers, and if you make a mistake, oh boy, you are gonna feel you're gonna you're gonna hear about it. And I did, yeah. and I did plenty yeah. of times. But um, and there are some that I'm embarrassed about, but you know, no harm done, basically, right? Sure. And it was a good learning experience. But yeah. that's that's a good way to look at it. Uh, and it's interesting, like the the radio, and I think you've done you've started to do a couple of podcast for new FOSS now mm-hmm. and um something that like it, it's interesting right we we have full like editorial control mm-hmm. to skip over any pauses or to go back you know cut things out it's different it must be different feeling when you're w- the radio was live was it it was live yeah. yeah yeah so you and like often I don't know the conversations get so exciting and we go through so many different things it's like oh i want to talk about that or i want to talk about that but how would you figure out i'm sure you had guests like that that Mm -hmm. how would you figure out which path you wanted to go down or is it just whichever sort of snapped to the top of your Mm -hmm. mind and then the other one maybe got forgotten or just got lost in the drift but it was all good because at least the conversation was still flowing right um well i did have one crutch with the with the radio show uh i played music as well so i would have a list of like five to ten songs it was an hour-long show too Mm -hmm. like it was it was set time nine o'clock to ten o'clock in the morning on mondays and um uh, so I did have a bit of a crutch there. So if I kind of felt the conversation dwindling a little bit, I could load up a song and just just cut to that. And in that time, we'd have like take off the headphones, have a little conversation. And in that time, and this is this is also how I kind of ran interviewing for for um, Arthur, because um, I would I would go out weekly and interview two three people about whatever it is they're doing. Um, even at the end of that, I wouldn't even have a list of questions. When I first started, I wanted to be diligent and like I had tons of questions. But later, I found that, and I and I found this too with the with the radio show that you could have you could go in with three questions that are really overarching and, and like and broad. Ask those questions, and then within their answers, I had my notebook and my trusty pen ready, um, ready to jot down anything that. Because I don't know about their business, right? Like I don't, I don't know anything about it really. Like I did some research before, but I wanted it to mostly be a surprise to me. Because if I'm listening at home, I want, I want the interviewer to ask the questions that everybody would ask, right? Mm-hmm. So if I already know, I might overlook that and think that that's a given, right? So I would ask overarching questions, and then, and then within their answers, they would almost always give me tidbits of information that okay, can you expand on that? And I'd just write it down quickly while they were, while they were talking and then I would maybe just save it for later or, or just anything that popped in my head, I would just write it down and, and, and be sure to ask it, ask it later. So um, it's more of, like you can imagine, it's like a ladder and the first rung is your overarching, your overarching question right. and then you can just kind of climb and get to where you want to go basically, right? So I found it easy to do it that way. Cool. Um, I kind of want to spin around and talk about your business now just because my brain's doing that thing right. you were just talking about. <laughs> um, with, uh, with New Foss, the way you were describing it, I know we've got Sean coming on in a couple weeks, so we won't mm-hmm. go too deep, but uh, 
it sounds like essentially your job is to like help get either small businesses or entrepreneurs like into their flow or into their zone. So how do you find like, do you feel like you need to balance your flow in order to give them that experience? Or like, how do you guys work that as, as business partners? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's really our responsibility to get them into their flow. That's 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 a big responsibility to to give to uh, um, the media brokers that we are. Um, but I think that in a way we are. Um, we we almost give them a toolkit. Uh, give them over a toolkit that they can then use in order to be organized and kind of get a head start. And and then use that stuff to get into into their the flow of their business because with things like websites and you know managing your social media and like getting an email marketing campaign going or, or something like that um, it can be very tedious especially if you if you don't know what you're doing um, so that can that can be really frustrating and it can like get to people I I suppose so um, I guess what we're, yeah like I said what we're doing we're giving them a toolkit so that they can. A flow stake tools toolkit. Let's let's go. call it that, <laughs> and then, so that they can kind of take that and then run with it, and then have the have the opportunity, especially if they're an ongoing client, um, have the opportunity to take the time to actually work on their business at the storefronts or or doing whatever they're doing on on the on the floor, and then we can figure out everything up in the cloud here uh, for them, so that they're able to to do that and be the the face of their business or or whatever they need to be doing. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it is just kind of like a, a head start on, on mm-hmm. for them for them finding their flow because it can be discouraging to not know what you're doing with your website and you're trying to move this thing here and it messes up the whole thing and I'm sure you know that RJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I, I often talk about like getting into the flow state as um, like I picture like a bowling lane with bumpers and like the bumpers are just kind of helping you stay yeah. in your lane, right? So maybe you guys are the bumper installers yeah. for these people. We're the bumpers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, sorry, did you have? Well, quickly, I just want to uh, throw in here, like, what does NUFAS mean? So it's N-U-F-A-S, and there's, mm. a, yeah, a, there's a little accent in there on the A, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah, there's an accent on the A. Um, so what it means is it's actually, uh, it means new growth in Gaelic. So I think that, I mean... I love that name. I didn't. I didn't actually pick the name. Uh, Sh- Sean, my, my partner, Telsey mentioned him earlier, um, picked it, um, and he's not Irish or Scottish <laughs> or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> but I love that name because a it's 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 cool sounding. Uh, it's kind of hard to pronounce on paper. I've found the people people have trouble with that, but um, it's easy to explain and it's very obvious once I explain it to you like what it's oh that makes sense mm-hmm. oh so you're you're a business that helps other business and it's called new growth okay that makes sense and it's a little bit incognito which is good and it gets people asking what it means as well so yeah. I'm always happy to to explain and uh and then get your business sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a pretty good brand strategy for for starting out and uh you guys are starting out and Telsey and I kind of had this this idea now that it's September's hit and mm-hmm. it's kind of like the second new year, right? It's a time for change and it's time for growth. It's a time for just like new things, mm-hmm. right? Um, the summer's over. We're kind of back to the grind, if you want to call it that. And right. and you guys have this new business. I've been watching, you know, you're, you're getting your new um, uh, office set up and, yeah. and all that. And so how have you like 
gone about tackling this like new opportunity i know you've been around for a couple of months but it's you know mm-hmm. the, the starting of a new business and and the challenges what's sort of going through your mind there and and uh there's obviously excitement, a little bit of anxiety or fear, and how yeah. are you feeling? Um, yeah, all, I mean, all the above for sure. Uh, the it, starting a new business, any business is, is certainly an emotional roller coaster, and in, in a good way. Mostly, I'm, I like to think of myself a fairly positive guy, so I, I don't really get down on it too much because um, it's not very productive. Um, but this kind of flo- uh, okay, I'll say that flows into something that I actually wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, I know that on the podcast before, you guys you guys talk about mastery a lot mm. um and some part of me and i was talking to telsey about this a few a weeks ago and uh some part of me was kind of thinking shoot do i do i do that or do i kind of like cop out of things a little bit too early than i more like earlier than i should um so i i, I wanted to talk to you guys about like the difference between mastery of of something and the benefits and yeah the benefits of jack of all tradesness because going back to your question because i consider myself more of a jack of all trades i mean I've, even in this podcast we've talked about a bunch of different things sure. you know yeah. and i've enjoyed all of them right but i've also kind of dropped some of them too and i don't feel upset about that you know if they had their time in the sun basically but with all those things, I've certainly taken tons of skills off out of them, right? Usable, transferable skills in any way that you can think of, even from longboarding. That story I told you, you know, I know that I'm capable of, an, of intense common in this extreme situation. Yeah. That's good to take away. Um, going back to your question, uh, sure, I have like, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster up and down, but I'm finding myself, especially being co owner of a, of a new business. I'm wearing a ton of different hats. Mm-hmm. My hands right now are stained. <laughs> I noticed that. I wasn't I was gardening like, I earlier. You were rock climbing or something, <laughs> doing something crazy. No, <laughs> yesterday we were. Well, like I said, we're we're getting our we're we we're getting our new office in order. Yeah. And uh, when we first got it, it was a dungeon. It was an absolute dungeon nightmare. Um, but it's it's been rejuvenated now to our own personalities. We've painted. We've ripped up carpet. We've done the floors. We've done everything. Um, and and then yesterday we were staining wood that we're make, creating a bookshelf behind our desk. So that's that's what that's all about. Um, but that goes back to my my second hat of of jack of all tradesness, right? So you know, right now I'm a construction worker mm-hmm. for God's sakes, right? So and then and then tomorrow I'll be writing an, a, a storyboard for an email campaign. That's a highly like it's a professional part of the job. Yeah. And then another time I'm I'm interviewing. And interviewing for a job for a job for someone to be a sales associate or, or something like that, but my point is there's there's tons of different jobs, so mm-hmm. there's no way I can master all these things, right? right. Um, I'm not a construction worker, okay, and I have done very few interviews. I've done tons of writing, yeah. okay. So that's something that I that I find that I've I've mastered, I'd say, but not even really. Like I'll I'll learn as I go still, and then name another thing i mean there's there's a million other things involved um there's there's like figuring out how to even work mailchimp like thing, things like that right mm-hmm. so i i don't know if i if i even want to be considered someone that that values mastery you sure. know i i would like to think of myself more of a person that that can jump to one thing or another and and just learn it and and be good enough to move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and 
and just within all those things have a base like core of knowledge that that ends up being mastery in a different kind of way yeah. right man i like this question a lot mm-hmm. it's it's um so I'll try not to like steal the show no, here. Go but, for it. I think he started a radio show for us right now. That <laughs> yeah, that was so. And and actually, like this was just on my mind last night because um, I finally started reading sort of the sequel to Flow by mm. uh, Mihai sent Mihai. Mm. It's called Creativity, and he's talking about this like this idea of especially with with mastery over one subject. Like you don't go to the artist who's also a doctor and skilled at both things to get your, to have surgery. You go to the guy that's the orthopedic surgeon or whatever, or you go to the artist, the one that's the master. And I was thinking about that. Um, there's a, and there's a few, like there's a few different ways that this kind of ends up going. So my thoughts on it, first off are, um, like you, I think it's important to, and I think most people realize that they do work towards mastery in one thing, like writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of that overarching theme, and when you become exceptionally good towards, like you're following that route of mastery towards one thing, it does bleed over into everything else because you learn those tools. And, you know, that's even part of what we're doing on this podcast is building that toolkit for people so that you know how to replicate it in other fields. Um, A quick example is like, well, actually, I'll get into the quick example in a second. But um, first, like starting a new business, there are a bunch of things you just have to suck up and do. Mm. And, And it may not be what you want to do the most of but it's what you're going to have to do to get it rolling. And then once it's rolling, that construction's done, those things, you've, you've been competent enough to actually get it developed or whatever, or some people are fortunate enough to hire somebody that is a master of construction or a general contractor, whatever it be, to do that part for them. But as a small business, honestly, you have to wear all those hats. You can't just hire people to do everything for you. So you like you kind of suck it up and get those things done and then you're on your way to getting back to your zone what the thing that you excel at because that's what builds a great business is in my opinion like doubling down on what you're really good at and doing well enough at the other things but then you can find people that are even better than you to cover those other aspects right so that's like super important um and, and kind of going back to my thought on, now I forget what I was going to say. That's an like example. A, oh, yeah, my example. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I identify like my path to mastery in several different ways. But I think first and foremost, like I have to attribute strongman training to a lot of what I've become successful at because I've learned that it's about consistency over a very long time is what gets you to the point of becoming like skilled enough to like be close to mastery. You know, I think that there's a lot to be said about that 10,000 hour rule Mm -hmm. and it is about consistent practice and ingraining things. And actually even tying back further, 
part of my thoughts on why you didn't fall when that speed wobble hit in the longboard is because you did those reps before mm -hmm. and your brain, your subconscious had some practice with it. We even saw it with, uh, like, I think you guys watch Free Solo, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we and, watch, you know, no, we watch The Don Wall. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you watch The yeah, You yeah. got to check out Free I know, Solo we, as well. See, I'm like not, my, my central nervous system isn't ready for but that one. But Alex Honnold talks about, like, obviously he practices climbing it with a harness before he does the Free Solo. Mm. And he talks about, like, he circles and in his journal, because he's got, like, each stage of the climb in a journal and... The spots that he's not sure that he can mentally overcome, like consciously overcome, he writes autopilot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he has, he knows that he's just got to trust. And I'm mm -hmm. getting like chills <laughs> thinking about this. Oh man, I'm fine. RJ is standing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> my, hair, my hair is standing up at that point. Um, so it, it, it all comes down to like, you've got to... I, I think like you've got to find your flow and then you can expand it to everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is another concept that kind of came from just like the small section of the book I was reading last night on creativity. Um, but I'm reading through the chapter that's called flow and creativity. And he's talking about like, it's not about one thing that you've found your flow in. It's about, finding as much flow in your daily life as possible mm -hmm. but in my opinion like it really helps to recognize that one thing that you're kind of a little more passionate about you're a little more fired up about well you always then, be drawn to that other thing too yeah right? so. yeah and so that's where like that's sort of the thing that you kind of always fall back on because it's it's something you really want to do um but you can replicate you can then replicate that toolkit and so like my example is is all of this like podcast and like making the videos for it and stuff mm -hmm. and i like the podcast was kind of fun because we we've had a bunch of great conversations before like whether it's with josh or with you or dan anybody in the gym mm -hmm. like you get into that zone and it's like I was supposed to leave two hours yeah. ago and we're still talking. Right, so help me finish a lot of shifts out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so like it, it, that was the easy part, but there's the harder parts, like figuring out how to like eliminate the background noise and, mm -hmm. and like color grade the video so that I can make this thing glow <laughs> and like Ooh, finding, out. finding yeah. the lights. Or yeah. Yeah. We were already going to share that yeah. stuff. So it's all good. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Finding like the lights and whatever, mm -hmm. like even just like adding more light so that mm -hmm. the scene looked better. Well, and that, that also goes back to what I was saying before. I mean, like you're talking about strongman competitions and how you, you need to like remember the skills that you've learned from that in yeah. your business, but your business is, is, is the flow spot right so yeah. it's it's people coming in I mean sure it's, it's wellness to a certain extent as well but people are laying down here in the tank weightless and it's like the epitome of relaxation yeah whereas strongman isn't exactly that you know like no and but then you know so so on the outside someone like a layman would would be like well how, how can those things be related you know right. how, how can you how can you have any transferable skills from from those two things right yeah and it's like well sit down i can tell you you know and there's always something there's always something sure. if, if you're aware of it being mm -hmm. of, of it mm -hmm. being there right yeah well and that's where i was going to kind of challenge your view of mastery mm. because if you look at someone who's good at strongman or you know even like in business if we talk about business mastery like 
So what's your one skill as a business owner that like you do and no single business owner is going to give you the answer of just like, oh, I'm this Mm. and that's it. Yeah. You know, like, so maybe part of at least business mastery is, you know, that jack of all trades like part of mastering, putting a podcast together is learning about the lights and the sound and like editing that way. So I, I wonder if we can think of mastery as just like there's different parts that we have to chisel away to create whatever masterpiece we're looking to build. And that is important too, because I mean, everyone knows someone that they went to school with or they just, they know that is insanely smart. Like they get, Mm -hmm. like just as one example, like a a very intelligent person, but they struggle socially. And so that blocks blocks them from things. And if they were only sociable and they they only could connect with people a little bit better they you know the sky would be the limit but they're they're not actually that sociable so that they they find themselves running into bears that way so that's that's too that's like a large aspect of something of someone that is gonna like block you from other things even though you're the smartest person i've ever met you Mm -hmm. know so it's it's about being rounded in and that's kind of what i'm getting at like you need yeah. to round your skills out no matter what what they are so don't ever shy away from something you're afraid of or or a challenge or or something new that, that you might want to try i've had people come into the axe club and they they just don't do it and i'm like why don't you want to try it's so much fun i'm like i don't just don't want to huh. it seems scary oh. i'm like wow okay that's fine you know <laughs> yeah it's like um i mean and if we look at mastery overall i think i think you're right it's like um the most successful people i think are more able to adapt their skills like i don't think we see too many true masters if you're looking at like an olympic athlete or whatever that's completely like satisfied or set in their life or Mm -hmm. anything right they're they're so mono-focused that there is a lot of gaps left. Right. Um, and I can't think of an example otherwise. Hmm. Well, there are certain... Well, I was going to say there's certain people that, that like cross sports and things like that, but they're generally not as good at, as their primary sport. Like, Yeah, yeah. but and, and they're crossing sports, but they're not... Like that's still pretty. Like that's like one one track yeah. in their life, right? It's athletics. It's, yeah. it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like um, well, going back to Alex Honnold again. Like that documentary is pretty eye opening as far as he's like. <laughs> actually, when Dan and I got out of the movie, or we're we were like, he's more monkey than human, <laughs> like, and in so many different ways. And like a lot of the rock climbers do develop more of that caveman posture. Right. Yeah. Um, not so much from a de-evolution, but from like a strange like. That was that previous chat? Yeah, yeah we were uh, talking. Like humankind's going back down. Yeah, <laughs> but like these rock climbers, like it's sort of their sort their path of evolution. But he's so like his. I'm surprised like his relationships are. It was really awkward at points. Mm-hmm. Like you got to watch that movie, but okay. it's he. It's kind of painful how like focused he is on and talking about how it's not a big deal if he falls off the cliff and dies because his girlfriend can find somebody else. Oh, it's man. Not, like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's why right. he doesn't feel the fear to climb up yeah. the cliff with no harness. You need, you need that. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be a bit of a sociopath to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I'm getting kind of the metaphor of 
a painter. Like they, they don't have just one paintbrush, right? Or like they don't paint just one, like I don't know, flowers or other thing. It's not like one part of the flower. Like you gotta change your colors and you gotta change your tools and change your paintbrush. Mm. Um, but that still creates this beautiful masterpiece, right? So why isn't that mastery? Like if we're talking, like if you're thinking like mastery is just having that one tool and like going with it like an Olympic athlete, like they still have other edges that, you know, make them themselves. And I'm sure like all we see is the masterpiece, the big painting, the, you know, finale. But what we don't see is what goes into it, the inspiration. Like we don't know what kind of hobbies Olympic athletes have. Like Mm -hmm. they sleep a lot. They nap a lot. They gotta have they a, lot a lot. Of, yeah, but like, and they have a lot of downtime because they're resting their bodies. So what do they do in that time? We don't know. We don't see it. Mm-hmm. Even in business, right? Like, I hope this is eye-opening for people listening because people starting businesses don't always account for having to do construction or mm-hmm. all these things, right? But it it is part of mastering that craft, right? So yeah. I think it just depends on how you see it. Really, mm-hmm. perspective is everything with mastery. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and having a, a business partner is, whew, I would never be able to do it myself. No. Like, I, I, I really wouldn't. I, I kudos to anyone that can. RJ, I guess you're falling into that category, but I... You've got your mentors. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I mean, everyone has, has help, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah. having someone to, like, bounce off, inform, like, questions off of or, you know, I know that... Sean, Sean is, is very well versed in developing the websites. Yeah. That's a huge part of the business that I know nothing about. Like I, I just, it's not what I do. That's not my part. Um, so without, without him, the whole thing, without, without both of us, I think the whole thing would, would fall apart pretty, pretty quickly. And, and that's, that's a really humbling and really like we're strong together mm-hmm. too. I mean, we've been, we've been friends for years and, and so that's, that's good that we've had that foundation and we kind of know each other. Um, in that way and we kind of know our, our traits and everything like that um, but yeah I, I it's invaluable to have a partner um, and so if you're if you're thinking about going to business make sure it's a good one but uh, like uh, make sure you have a partner that's that you're gonna be strong strong with too because you will have your ups and downs and you know with the business and with your personal life I mean mm-hmm. I mean it's only we've only been operational since about February um, and e- even in that time I mean, it seems like it's been two years, you know, it's because it's just, everything's been jam packed in there uh, in those, in those like six, seven months. Um, and more will come, you know, more will come. And, and we're, we, we have conversation, we've had a conversation with ourselves, like over, over a beer at the end of the night sort of thing at the beginning. I'm like, listen, we're going to scream at each other sometimes, you know, like, but it's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. Let's always just remember that that's okay. You know, and we're both very honest with each other and you have personal things that come up as well as, as, as your business and things like that. So, um, it's just a matter of, of being strong, being resilient and, uh, and, and not shying away from the challenges of the, of the, um, unknown basically of, of the task that you're going to inevitably find yourself doing. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, I guess on that note, like, do you, we try to give some actionable advice to our listeners to take home with them and and chew on a bit. Do you like in your, however many months it's been, what's your advice to, to new business owners or people who are starting up? Do you have any, any tips? Have a partner. Have a partner. Have a partner, a good partner. Right. A good partner. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I guess another piece of advice would, 
I hesitate to say this, but I, I do think it's valuable. Um, try not to worry about money. Try not to try not to worry about the bank account all that much, because if you're doing the work, the clients will come, or the customers will come, or whatever your business is. Um, and you just need to rely. You just need to have faith in in your work ethic. Uh, be realistic with yourself in that regard as well. Um, and and don't try not to worry about the money aspect of it because that that will come i know that's like an old cliche and my mom dad grandparents always said that to me you know do what you love and the money will come and all that but you know some sometimes the oldest sayings like that are are uh, passed down for a reason you know and 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 it is really true um so just try and keep a level head about yourself i'm fairly level person i i don't think i like freak out about things all that often um and that's and that's a valuable skill, I think, because if you start like swaying one way or the other, getting way too excited or way too down on yourself, um, it can be detrimental. And so try and try and stay level and try and be realistic and try not to worry about money as much as you can. Yeah, that's all great that advice. Emotional I, speed level. Emotional speed level. That's right. You yeah, gotta none of that. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> I, awesome. I agree with all of that. Um, I can second all of that and like it's stuff that I remind myself constantly um and if anybody like I just ate through this book it was so good honestly it might be my favorite book ever now Shoe Dog by Phil Knight all right is the memoir of the starting of Nike like Phil Knight's the the founder of Nike Mm -hmm. oh my god is it so good but I didn't know like it was it was 18 years of him being in extreme debt like he he was working other <laughs> jobs like everyone, mm-hmm. like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it is encouraging though cuz i'm sure at the end we right? uh i mean i think i think this is very like very common like anybody starting a business it's that balance like you're you're raring to go mm-hmm. but on the same time like at the same time you have to realize like six months is nothing yeah it's it's just like yeah. a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. and you've got to realize like it's gonna take a lot longer mm-hmm. um hopefully like not as bad as phil knight had it because <laughs> man was he like yeah it, it was it, it's a tense book because man yeah. they went through like a lot of hard stuff with fbi investigations yeah. oh, on my goodness and, i gotta like, pick that they up. Were so shoe dog yeah, Shoe right. Dog is so good. Um, highly recommend it. For a bit of a hometown uh, uh, example of, of that, uh, my older brother, uh, Jason Wilkins, he's a he's an artist in town. He's a character artist, and he does uh, live murals and things like that, and um, very, very, very talented. And uh, Jason, he's he's someone that I that I look up to and I always have. You know, he's my older brother. He's quite a bit older than, than I am. He's, he's 14 years older than I am, yeah. uh, to be exact. But... Um, so when we were kids, he was like, you know, he was a teenager, right? So like, we always looked up to him. But Jason is an example of someone who had a very, very clear passion for mm. art. Like when he was a little kid, up until now. I mean, he just like not, he does nothing but draw, and he loves it, loves it, loves it. He's also very socially adept too. So um, that's that's something that we were talking about before. He's a well-rounded person, like that. But. Jason, uh, he went to Sheridan College for the art program there, excelled, got out of school. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm an artist now. He's 21 years old. And he worked at a call center in Peterborough for like 12 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
in a massive amount of debt, was in a bad marriage and all this stuff and continued to draw. But I mean, he's working eight hours a day at a freaking call center, right? Like, well, how can you get the gumption to come home and, and, and start a new business yourself that way? Um, but right now, in the last like five or six years, he's been absolutely killing it. Like absolutely killing it. Has his own studio downtown now, just above Watson and Lou. He's overrun with business. Wow. Uh, he's actually started his own podcast and managed to get the Publican House sponsor for that. I don't know how I he got that, that going. Um, <laughs> but just just a very like, it's, it, it can show you what, what passion and, and vision and drive can, can do for you. And that it can like actually pick you up out of out of a really, really crappy situation. I mean, he wants to work at a call center in the first place, especially when you know you have a passion for something that's very, very clear and it's always been clear. And then you're there for 10 years, yeah. like ignoring this thing that is just like clawing at your insides, you know, trying to get out. And then for it to come to fruition, mm-hmm. man, that is wild stuff. That you know, is. like I respected him before, but now, my God, it's 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 truly uh, the most inspirational thing I've I've experienced on a on a personal basis, cool. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that that just sends it home that much more. Yeah, is he uh, Art of Wilkins? He is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. it's Art of at Art of Wilkins uh, on anything you can find him on yeah. Instagram, Facebook. And uh, his his uh, podcast is the Art Burrito Podcast. Cool. I I've been following him. I didn't realize there was any there connection there. Yeah. That's awesome. It's my older brother, and I'm also on that podcast. So if you're not <laughs> sick of my voice, you can go on and check me out over there. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I think that's also like I don't know if that was intentional for you guys or not, but um, another just piece of advice for for people starting out is like realize that like time is maybe not what it's all like chalked up to be you know yeah yeah like he didn't start it out um like actually working as a like as an as an artist full-time until he was like 37 uh, something like that you know maybe older actually but uh yeah like late in that's that's fairly late in life right especially if something something you've been doing since you're a little kid right Mm -hmm. yeah so perseverance find your bumpers Mm mm-hmm Find your flow, get a website done by New Plus Media. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like perseverance, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And and even if it's like something that has to start on the side, like mm-hmm. people talk about the side hustle a lot and it sounds yeah. like that's something that he kind of pushed through and continued Definitely. to do it in the background, even though he was working something else. And uh, I think that's important. I'm still, that's another concept I'm like chewing on how to actually get around because it's like guess this concept of entropy like we only have a limited amount of energy to use throughout the day some people really just have like they constantly want to go towards their passion Mm -hmm. when they get home but others you know they go straight towards the couch because we're evolved we're evolved it's easy and we're evolved to like conserve energy and it's something i'm trying to like work my mind around how to like advise you know or how how people can get break free of that. Right. Uh, Jason also has four kids too. I wow. should have mentioned that. So <laughs> going home isn't exactly uh, as, as luxurious as sitting on the couch, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, just to kind of bring it all home from there. Like that's what I mean by, you know, we're looking at this painting that's beautiful and we're like, sweet. But we don't see the four kids oh, and the 12 years yeah. of call center. And like, we, you don't see mm-hmm. all of that put into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to bring it full circle, like, that's mastery right like it has nothing to do with the illusion that it looks like Mm -hmm. it's sticking to your guns and sticking to your passions and and 
finding ways to not let your passion die out, even right. though all these obstacles are in your way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, not to get into a whole other topic. Yeah. I yeah. Could, um, Jordan, where do we find you? Um, yeah, so you can find us on uh, Instagram is probably the best one. It's uh, at Nufas Media Agency. That's N-U-F-A-S Media Agency. Um, and our, our website is the same, just newfossmedia.com. And uh, our podcast is called All Up In Your Business by New Foss Media. And, uh, is it what, launched yet? Uh, we have like three episodes out, um, and that was before we started the construction of our office. Right. So it, we have been taking a, taking a break on that. But we do have a few guests um, that we're excited about uh, coming on once, once we do have our little uh, slice of podcasts in paradise cool. um, um, completed in there and I think we're actually going to get some some artwork done by Art of Wilkins uh, in the back in the background there um, <laughs> a little family discount there yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh, hopefully thanks Jace uh, and and yeah so so be on the lookout for, for new episodes of All Up In Your Business and uh, we're looking forward to it as well sweet yeah thanks for coming on yeah i really appreciate you guys having me on and and hopefully we can get back on here with with sean and get a little bit into uh into the inner workings of of new foss media and by then maybe the um the office will be done we can uh, share some photos with you guys yeah i'd be be very happy to do that yeah i think Mm -hmm. that's a couple weeks from now we're gonna bring old sean on so perfect cool awesome looking forward to it thanks again guys thank you for listening to this episode of the flowcast If you like listening to our podcast, be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcast platform. This actually helps to make a difference and to spread the word to more people wanting to listen to this podcast. We put together regular Q&A episodes where we answer your questions. So send us any questions you have either to the Facebook page at FlowSpaON or find us on Instagram, or you can also send the questions through the FlowSpa.ca website. And remember that by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, you'll get notified when each new episode is released. Thank you again for listening to the Flowcast, and we'll talk to you again next time.